0: Death tech is about ending your life how you want to end and preparing for that. (laughs) I know it sounds morbid.
1: I mean, I know how I want to end, but I won't share it on the podcast.
2: We're going to stop here because I know Keith really well and his brain is going into very weird, dark places right now. On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about prop tech funding. We talked about artificial intelligence in the real estate space. We talked about money coming back into new tech companies and some emerging companies that you need to pay attention to. It's going to be an incredible show. Tune in. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Twiggins, along with my co-host, <laughs> Crazy Uncle Keith. Yes, sir. I got to do like a whole box. I got to do like a much louder thing to introduce like, you. Like some, uh, yeah, Bruce like, Buffer, Michael yeah, Buffer kind of vibe and no, I'm like that. down. So, yeah, so we had a phenomenal guest today. We do every time, but she was awesome. So yeah. Ashley Stidden, managing partner of NER's Reach program. They're basically it's kind of a little, the program involved with their venture fund, but tell, tell everybody about what we talked about today. It was good. Yeah,
1: as a managing partner, she basically looks at technology companies and makes a decision on what they are and are not going to invest in. So not a better person to talk to about tech and real estate, AI and what she sees changes that could come to how clients are served, what real estate's going to look like in the next 36 months. She drops a couple of companies that uh, we should be on the lookout for. Tons of great information, very thoughtful conversation. Uh, so put it in your ears, kids. You're going to dig it. Tune in.
2: Ashley, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Uh, we are super excited to have you here. Uh, I know Keith and I have been talking about this show coming up for a while, yes. um, You know, especially with the the venture capital world and prop tech, um, we'll have a lot of questions about that. Certainly the industry has moved a lot uh, over the past year and a half. say the least Uh, we're not going to talk about for viewers and listeners like this isn't going to be about lawsuits today like we've got got about 100
1: we got about 135 pods about the lawsuit they're not hard to find (laughs) just go look for them in the
2: episodes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) but not today today we're going to talk about prop tech and other things that ashley the genius can show all
0: my favorite things
2: yes Yes, exactly yes,
0: yes yes so let's start
2: with that just so uh for the viewers and listeners uh just a real quick background um you know uh who you are your position how you got there and then we'll we'll dive into our rapid fire questions we want to ask you those before we go into the meat of the conversation but let's just start with your background so they kind of know what you've sure. been doing and what you're up to. So
0: Yeah, sounds good. And thanks, honestly, for the opportunity to to be here. Um, of course. A bit about uh, what we do over at SCV Reach. So um, I am the managing partner of the NAR Reach program. So we'll get more into later, I think, the different programs that we have. But I lead our program that is um, the flagship program based here in the U.S., primarily focused on the residential sector. Um, quick backstory how I got here. Um, I grew up in the CPG industry, consumer packaged mm-hmm. goods with 3M's Construction Home Improvement Markets Division. Seems like a far jump to real estate, but Home Depot <laughs> was my biggest client. Spent a lot of time working with their buyers and their teams over the years. And then um, moved back to Chicago and was kind of exploring, where am I going to go next? Do I want to stay in CPG? And that's when I made the jump to to real estate and to NAR. Spent a couple of years at NAR, got to know Dave and Mark and Tyler and served as a mentor to the REACH program. So that was really my foray into REACH. And right around the time where they were mapping expansion, vertically, locally, globally, we had some conversations about the team needed to do that. And I was super excited to join the team at that time, parlayed a little bit of when I was at 3M, I also served as a liaison to our subsidiaries in Central and South America. And so a lot of the expansion that Reach has done globally, I was able to parlay a lot of that experience. So that's, that's awesome.
1: That is awesome. Okay. I got to ask, we're already off script. We're, I don't know, however many seconds in, but I always love it when people come from outside the industry and yeah. then enter the industry. And so coming from being in product and working with Home Depot and having that yes. experience, and then you parachute into, this wild, woolly, fun land of residential real estate. What was what was the most surprising or interesting thing as you made that transition?
0: Most surprising thing was every industry uh, sucks in its own right. Um, yeah. What I thought was <laughs> super complicated and, Yeah, <laughs> very technical. Uh, what I thought was overly complicated and frustrating about the CPG world, or in my brief time at Coca Cola, their bottling network was really frustrating. So I thought. Hey, things might be a little bit easier in real estate. They're not. They're just, <laughs> frustrating. They're yeah. just as complex and confusing. Yeah. So yeah, I learned that you just, you can't escape, can't the escape. The suck?
1: You can't yeah. escape the <laughs> suck. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I love the challenge, right? Like I love that challenge in CPG. I actually missed yes. it a little bit there for a minute. And I was like, you know what? I got all, all enough challenges over here in what we do. So
1: yeah. If, if it wasn't
2: challenging, you'd you go
1: break something to
0: exactly. make it challenging, right? Exactly. Aren't, we
1: definitely.
2: do have a quote now for a T-shirt, by the way. So yeah. Keith and I keep thinking about doing a whole like swag store about all the oh, quotes yeah. people say on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So James and James keep thinking about. this. Okay, I
0: fine. Can do something better before the end of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. Good. We'll we'll pretty do solid. the. There's a there could be many. Well, we'll come back to that. So all right, let's do a few rapid fire questions, yeah. um, and then we'll dive into the meat of the whole thing. Keith, why don't you start us out? So sure, since I'm our comic book nerd uh if you were a superhero who would you
1: be and why
0: yeah um well when i was a kid my brothers were really into x-men i have two brothers so i always thought storm was really cool i I don't really know the reason behind it but i just loved how she could you know conjure the the elements like that Uh just seemed like it's very different than some of the other the other there so yeah.
1: weather powers no you one has changed.
2: actually oh no one keith, just stop and here no, we go
1: saying, she had weather powers you're super into the weather i don't know like that's interesting
2: keith <laughs> finds every opportunity possible to make fun of the fact that since i was a kid i've studied the weather i'm a total yeah. nerd when it comes to that so that's why i was like see somebody else likes the weather see? also no one's actually picked that character yet that's true so. anybody pick that's captain true.
0: planet i mean there's another kind of no weather.
2: Nope. <laughs> No, no one's picked Captain Planet nope.
0: either. I'm not surprised on that one.
2: Yeah, I didn't even yeah. know Captain Planet existed until you just said that. So nobody else did either. There's that. No. Uh, all right, favorite book or podcast uh, this year? Well, or even last year, since it's still early, uh, and why?
0: Yeah, I wish I was loyal to a single podcast. I love recommendations, so I'll you know take all all of the above. I was on a flight and kind of bored, and I found an Adam Grant podcast. I mean, he can kind of do no wrong in my books. Everything he does is great listening. It was the Rethinking Podcast, but it was a specific episode. It was um, Ginny Romedy, who is a um, first female CEO of IBM, Obviously, as a you know female tech executive, obviously a lot to look up to. But she recently wrote a book called Good Power, and so the episode um, that Adam interviewed here was all about this book, Good Power. Um, nice. and so there's So there were a lot of good nuggets in there that resonated. She had, I think, something like five core beliefs in it. But really, kind of where she started from in the podcast was when people ask you, "Do you want power?" She would say. Mm no, but I want to do powerful things or I want to do important mm-hmm. things. And then she kind of t- talked about the juxtaposition of, but you often need power to do important things. Right. And so when I think back about kind of growing up in my 20s and in the CPG industry, I was just obsessed with getting to the next promotion, the next level. And I was like, why is this? Is it because mm-hmm. I want the power? And it, it wasn't, I want to do powerful things, but it's the needing to feel like you have a seat at the table to make yeah. those impactful sure. decisions to do those powerful things. So I really like that episode of it. Um, he also has really cool interviewees like Allison Felix. I'm a former track and field athlete. So he, that whole podcast, he can do mm. no wrong. All of his Nice. Staffers. He's great. We got a
2: book He's and a great. podcast out of that, out of yeah. that response. Exactly, there, you go. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it's Adam fun. Grant's
1: new book is great too. I just, yeah. I finished it late last year. It's a great book. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Keith, last question and we'll get in. All right. If you could have lunch with one person, current or historical, who would it be and why?
0: I'll go sappy on this one. I'll say, um, I'll say my sappy. mom's parents. They they passed when mm-hmm. I was really really young, and I would just love to have gotten a chance to know them because I think I'm a pretty 50-50 mix of of mm-hmm. both of my parents. I got you know my mom is pretty pretty feisty, pretty fierce in all <laughs> of the right ways. So I would have loved to have met her parents to just you know know a little bit about more you know her growing up.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's That's a a good good one.
2: one. Yeah, Yeah. it's a good one. All right. So let's start with this because I don't think people, uh, understand. Well, I mean, let's just start with the relationship between, uh, the national association of realtors and, uh, second century ventures. So can you give a little historical, how is it brought about? What does it do? Just start there. So. Yeah.
0: So um, SCV is a wholly owned subsidiary of NAR uh, created by NAR. So SCV was originally incepted back in 2008. Um, the idea being rather than try to build new technology in house, which would be, you know, really expensive, really time consuming. Um, it was a vehicle to invest in some of the best tech solutions out there on behalf of the realtor community. Um, a few years later, Reach was created, and that was really born out of the idea um, that there were a lot of early stage founders, even later stage founders, maybe not from real estate that wanted a deeper connection to real estate, that wanted help navigating real estate. Um, it was also a path to de-risk a lot of our investments. So by spending uh, you know, more time with founders, coaching founders, providing them with mentorship and better access to the industry, um, we weren't just the capital behind it. Mm. Uh, we were, you know, interesting, much stronger form of support. Um, okay. so NAR is still our parent organization and then SCV and reach are more or less one in the same.
1: So is reach a consultancy that sometimes will invest through second century ventures or.
0: So it's a scale up program. So reach okay. is a scale up program like an in-
1: incubator, basically.
0: Exactly. I would say yep. we used to be kind of considered more of an incubator accelerator. And we say we're more of a scale up now. And that's just uh, probably because over the years, our investments have changed a little bit mm-hmm. to finding that later stage or growth stage companies also want the same access that these early stage founders are getting. Often that's other verticals, right? A company might be dominating insurance, but they lack the connections in the network and real estate. Um, so incubators tend to be more early stage, a little bit more plug and play type of curriculum. We're a bit more bespoke. So scale up.
2: Gotcha. Do you invest in sense. all of the companies that are part of the Reach program? Is that we how do? That, yep, you do. Yeah, yeah. What and our preferred
0: a- path really is through through Reach because Reach. again, that's that's how we create that deep connection with the founder and the team there. Um, and then obviously, SCV is how we can continue to support our companies with follow-on financing.
2: And what what's the what's the amount of companies you guys have invested in? How, wait, I'm sorry, when was the Reach program started? Roughly 2013. Was, 2013. So what is the total number of companies that you guys have? been involved with now
0: a little over 250 and we'll hit wow. 300 by the end of the year
2: wow, wow. all right
0: yeah we t- typically take about eight companies per cohort and we now have seven different programs so the number is just uh flying
2: yeah and our, and i i i think i was reading you guys have gone global with that now too or you're yeah. looking at
0: yeah so, so what we, are some of
2: the other countries
0: the first thing we actually did was expand vertically. So we opened up a commercial program in the US. We were getting a lot of applications for when we only had one program that skewed more um, commercial. So with the demand, we opened up. So that's why I lead the one that's more residential focused. My colleague, Bob Gillespie, focuses on the commercial sector. Um, Then the first international program we opened up was Australia. And then um, the UK and Canada shortly behind that. And then LATAM and we'll be opening up our next region um, in the next couple months here. Hopefully another region by the end of 24, 25.
2: Exciting. What does that, how does that work when you open up a new country? Do you hire somebody that's a managing I don't know what the terminology is actually yeah, I apologize. Yeah. a managing partner in that managing country partner. to manage those. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um Yeah,
0: um some of those connections come to us um you know at US conferences. We've already gotten to know some of the team members. Sometimes we're out there scouting in each of those um, regions for the the best team to, you know, help us do what we do and and it's really about Taking all the good stuff that works for reach, trying to replicate it as much as possible in those other regions, but also, you know, weaving in and finessing what makes the most sense for those regions where NAR or reach may not have the brand presence that they have um, in the U.S. But yeah, there's a version of me for all of the programs.
1: Got it. So when you're evaluating companies to potentially invest in without giving away your secret sauce, but like if someone's listening to this and they're either do just launching a tech startup, or maybe have a more mature one, but interested, like, how do you evaluate? Who is it? Are you looking for a certain amount of revenue threshold? Is it you need a a leadership profile, like unpack a little bit for us? Like, what's the perfect archetype of a company for you? Just in case anyone's listening, they might blow up your inbox.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a little bit of a range, again, because um, we've progressed from more of an incubator to a scale up. What I would say is what we find the sweet spot to be about a series A company, about a million ARR, but we like to look north and south of there, right? Like if that's Mm -hmm. the kind of middle of a cohort of eight companies, um, that affords us opportunity to look at some earlier stage companies, maybe take a growth stage company and be able to deliver what they all need, you know, to eight companies, you know, throughout that that year-long program, um, team is also really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to work with founders that are really receptive to feedback, that are malleable in the right ways, right? They want <clears throat> to experience the reach program. They want to be a sponge for all this new information. They want to apply it to their business, um, and they want to give back as well. Community mm-hmm. is really important to us. With 250 companies, we want to see a lot of peer-to-peer interaction. I don't know everything there is. All of our founders don't know everything there is. We need to share with each other. And so these the peer-to-peer learnings that these founders can share is equally as important to us. And then the other thing we look for is, can we actually help these solutions? There's a lot of really good solutions out there. We may not be the best fit for them. There's a lot of great consultancies out there. Um, there's a lot of other accelerators and incubators out there. So we just want to find the right fit.
2: What is a, How does the... Maybe you can answer this, but if you can't, I'm just, I'm just thinking it says, obviously there's a lot of people who are hearing NAR it's NAR, you know, that started it up. So does NAR put money into this on a regular basis or is SCV on nope. its own now? Like, how does that yeah. work from a yeah. monetary perspective?
0: We are on our own. So we're, I guess mm. we call it an evergreen or open-ended fund. So our intention is to reinvest. Um, so when we have healthy exits, our intention is that allows us to reinvest and continue investing through, Got it. through reach and through SCV. Yeah. Do you got take
1: it. outside investment in the fund? Like if James wanted to throw in a couple million bucks or whatever.
0: We Apparently, don't, but I'll, I'll take your money. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'll take it. Just me. <laughs> I
2: don't have a couple million dollars to throw in. So, yeah, uh, me either. Yeah. Uh, in case anybody didn't realize, the real estate market's been a little crappy recently. <laughs> a little rough um, the last couple of years. What uh, on that subject? So I'm assuming it originally started with some NER money. Then yes. there was a then, loan. Yep. Did okay, to, set so there,
0: the, to set the fund up, but it's been since it. repaid. So now we are. Self-sufficient, I guess, is a way. So yeah.
2: you are basically your own venture fund that yeah. does its own thing. Okay. Um, yeah. What were What are some of the What are some of the exits that and I know you yeah, can't it, talk about amounts, but like tell but us, tell us some about exits the home runs. runs. Tell us. Yeah. About what the, are the home yeah. runs? Yeah. You're like, I think dang, some, that was a good one
0: for sure. The most notable one that everybody probably knows us for is DocuSign. Sure. Um, which you know, from a financial financial return, great win. Um, but I think some of the other wins there were really legitimizing that this. Additional level of support we offer and guidance and expertise through the industry really matters. Being a strategic partner, not just being purely capital, it really validated that. And it really validated also solutions that apply to different verticals, but they choose to work and they choose to grow in real estate first and cut their teeth in real estate. Um, Can we be the best partner for solutions like that? And so it it really validated a lot of things very early on, I think, for SCV and Reach. Um, Some other recent wins we've had, Modus, Glide, ActivePipe, and then most recently, Aereo's acquisition by by Zillow was a good Hmm. win for us.
2: Interesting. Interesting.
1: I I have a a slight derail question, but uh, this is my opinion. You have not said this, but I find the industry in general to be brilliant humanists and at best average technologists. So they're really good at shepherding a human being through a stressful transaction they're not as good at remembering their login and password and other things that it takes to use technology to the fullest when you're evaluating a tool is that part of the calculus for you like
0: oh absolutely yeah yeah. And a lot of it too is um, some really brilliant founders and some really brilliant technologists, and it can be really frustrating for them to not see the adoption, to not mm. see the, the pace of adoption. So I think one of the most important things we do is put them through experiences where they're experiencing the feet on the street um, you know, type of, type of realtor. Um, it's not just these strategic introductions with a top-down approach and they can sell it into one major brokerage and they're set for mm. life, but it mm. is in a way, um, humbling them, if you will, mm-hmm. to, yeah. you know, what yeah. a day in the life looks like.
2: Keith yeah. actually <laughs> trying to vent his own frustrations right now. He's <laughs> no, like, I'm how not. do you get around, like, yeah. What? Yeah. But, no, I mean- but- there's no
0: getting around it, right? Like, that's yeah. the hardest yeah. thing. But, like, we have to really impart that on our founders, too, is, like, be patient. That's why you came to us. Like, let us help you understand why there's no easy road.
1: What I've tried to express to people is the, the fractional nature of this industry is what makes it hard and it's what makes it great right because it's so hard to get adoption once you get it you win because your competitor you sort of pulled the ladder up when you got to the top Mm -hmm. and when your competitors try to come into the space they're gonna have to go through that same fractured experience of trying to do this sort of one agent at a time which is which is a slog but once you get through it there, there's there's
2: massive value on the other side of it it makes it a more defensible position. Absolutely. Well it's funny to me whenever we and obviously we talk to every tech company possible that wants to you know sell inside of our own organization it whenever there whenever there's a number above 20% capture rate we're just like and that's not going to work. <laughs> right. Right. In order for this to pencil we'll just get to 20%. Mhm. Right. Yeah. Um yeah,
1: uh, one quick question: If you could distill it down, let's pretend there's a broker owner listening, because there's probably a couple someone who owns and is struggling with getting adoption in their mm-hmm. own branch or in their own company. Do you have one or two words of advice for them on on as someone who teaches you know companies how to do this? And, and red some, wine.
0: Yeah. There you that,
1: go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, look, food and alcohol have worked with real estate professionals.
0: Yeah. Food and alcohol definitely work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. I would say, I mean, it's, I always have a hard time, you know, speaking on, on our members behalf. I want to assume, like, I feel like I have the the easy job and they do the hard work in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but but did certainly listen- that's a question you get asked, right? Like, what oh, are yeah, some absolutely. best practices?
0: Yeah. Are for- they, what is their, what is their feedback loop with their agents? What is their mm-hmm. communication strategy to actually listen Um You know, did they invest in a tech and then they're just shoving it down the agent's throat? And if so, and it's not resonating, like how open to the feedback from the agents are they? And are they allowing the agents to say that doesn't work for me and here's why? And then the willingness to to scrap it. I mean, technology is expensive and Mm -hmm. training is expensive, but um, I think being able to listen to what's not working is really, really important. Just the The same way we tell our founders, they have to be open. You have to be willing to hear why somebody doesn't like your product, won't pay what you think they'll pay for it. You just have to be open to that raw feedback.
1: Yeah, and the the only other piece I'd add to what you said is, just because you rolled it out a year ago, they might not have been ready to listen then, right? Like you have to constantly re-roll out into your organization, and it's sort of like when the I don't know when the student is when the pupil is ready the teacher will appear right when they need it for their business that's when they really want to learn whatever this tool is and so you have to sort of be continuously present at the forefront with the tool yeah Yeah. good feedback thank you
2: speaking of that what are some exciting companies that you've you've seen coming to the space Um, and by the way we don't want to play ai bingo where we, yeah, we all do. take a shot every time we say the word ai um, i mean who's we I'm, somebody I'm said that in. on stage by the way at inman the other day it was really funny um i
0: won't play ai bingo i feel like my my <laughs> eyes are burning from all the articles in 2023 that were ai just for the sake of of uh, being ai i feel like it's yeah. been can sensationalized a lot can
1: i tell you my favorite question when i'm on a demo and someone says that uh that they're they're ai quote unquote i asked them two things one i asked them uh How many uh, PhDs in mathematics do you have? Because the answer is almost always zero, right? It's pretty tough to have AI without a couple of PhDs in mathematics. And then the second question I ask is, how long ago did you add this slide to your deck?
2: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're taglines that are AI powered, right? Like, yeah, Added AI powered in twenty-two and twenty-three. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're not playing AI bingo. yeah. Like what, what's
2: interesting. Tell us like yeah. some really cool things that you've got, you see coming out on the horizon. So I
0: would say, um, I'm not, it is interesting, but I would say just from uh, a bulk of what we're seeing, there's a lot in, um, the mortgage finance lending space. And that makes a lot of sense with everything that's going on, but we're seeing a lot of solutions in down payment assistance, um, you know, focusing on first time home buyers, um, home equity plays, Really, a lot in that space. Um, So much so, it's, I mean, it's, you know, um, hard to go through and.
1: We looked at a company a while ago. Like an example of that, we looked at a company a while ago that would uh, basically give you some down payment, but take an equity stake in the home and then get repaid on the exit. Is that the kind of things you're talking about where venture capital or business formation is trying to solve some of the affordability issues that are? that are present in exactly in our yeah. industry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've seen quite a few solutions um in that category. Um, you know, communication, transparency, obviously a big fan of that category with everything that's going on. So <laughs> um, you know, not to name drop, but final offer, raise, um, you know, I think these these are some really important tools and they they certainly beg bigger um, conversations, but mm. I think I think they're really cool tools. I think they're really important. Um, a category I really like is, um, but but I have a hard time um, finding really great solutions that have a sumpti- substantive um, output for realtor and consumer is climate. Um, it, that skews a little bit more, I would say, commercial in terms of the solutions that we see that are coming to reach. Um, but some- when you say
1: climate, um, you mean like the whole world, like- the climate change
0: uh resiliency here like we a- go yeah, oh go, go on
1: mute go ahead james go ahead
2: <laughs> no i'm listening yeah. to her i just enjoy the fact she's bringing it up and you're getting irritated it's actually makes me happy so. i'm
1: simply asking qualifying questions i know there's I zero know. irritation this is your sweet spot run with it no
0: so, I, um, you're yeah. then you're probably familiar with uh frontline wildfire i'm not okay so this is an interesting one um interesting one uh it's it's really about um Fire, per, not fire prevention, but res, uh, making your home resilient from um, the risk of fire with I've a heard really this. Um, mm-hmm. savvy sprinkler system, but also alerts to make sure that, you know, you're getting out of the house in time. Um, so just some interesting early applications, I would say. Um, so that that's an interesting one. Um, kind of crossing over into um, uh, permitting and uh, that kind of category, yeah. maybe ADU adjacent. We see a lot, yes. a lot of ADU solutions um shovels is one that um i saw recently met them at a the blueprint conference um are really expediting and um delivering some automation to that that permitting process on behalf hmm. of you know the construction It's a real
2: problem too yeah. yeah actually it's funny i yeah, just mentioned that. i don't know if you saw the bloomberg article
1: yesterday about uh zoning
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're basically companies that are are out there right now trying to create a zoning database of every municipality across the country. That stuff's super interesting to me to make it more efficient and easier for builders to come in and know where to build and how to build and and sort of lower some of the costs around building in an effort to help with affordability. It's really interesting tech out there around that.
2: It's actually kind of a great leading question that I have. So obviously when uh, there was a ton of money in prop tech, um, Mm -hmm. and FinTech and, and, and so obviously, I mean, obviously it was very, it went to a big screeching halt for the most part when Silicon Valley (laughs) bank collapsed, at least felt like it did. Um, is it it starting to, is it starting to come back? Like what's your, is there more money coming back into the space now? What's your read on all that? Gradually,
0: gradually. Like that was, that was a pretty impactful moment. Um, (laughs) but gradually, yes, I would say a lot, what we're seeing is, um, well, First, I'll say we never slowed down. Um, we never slowed down. Um, but I think that's because of the uniqueness of how we've, you know, really built ourselves between, you know, the reach and the SCV kind of vehicles that we have. Um, but the the funding has returned, but there's a larger focus on portfolio. So there's a lot more VCs going back to their portfolio before they're looking outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I would say that most VCs have just become a more difficult screen, which you know, maybe they should have already been all
1: along. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to For screen here. hard when money's free and liquor's flowing. Yeah. So right? The check like,
0: sizes have yeah. gotten smaller, um, larger emphasis on on runway and you know, path to profitability. Um, and uh it, but but it's slowly coming back. I know we there's there's danced- still a lot of interest in prop tech. Yeah. A lot. Yeah.
2: We've Any feedback around- on the lawsuits with that? Oh. Like is that something being discussed in the space? Like, meaning, not I'm not talking, about want to get lost. The concept of it of like that stay yeah. away from things that are realtor based, but focus on like focus on finding tools to remove that. I don't, I'm asking these questions in general. Statement. Yeah. No,
0: I think because real estate's under a microscope, it's more curiosity, but we're not seeing necessarily that that's impacting investment. It's inventory and interest rates that's impacting, yeah. sure. And it's deterring most investors from wanting to get into the, the prop tech space. So, certainly see most- that picking back up this year
1: most prop uh prop tech is unit based not agent commission based right so less yes. concern more like i heard the screeching tires and tell me about the car crash but it may or may not change my investment thesis that much
0: sure exactly yeah
1: okay we've danced a little bit around and I, uh, A&I, <laughs> ai but we can't have a brilliant technologist on and not like at least dip our toe in the ai water so I've heard, we've heard from other folks that they think AI could fully replace the real estate agent in as little as ten years. Um, we had an actually
2: guest on our show who said that. Yep. To be yep, clear, he oh, was yeah. like, he was Didn't very that
0: episode, but I'll have to go back and watch it.
2: Very like, yes. <laughs> how, how
1: do you see AI fitting in to residential real estate and the agent and the client relationship and all of those
0: pieces? Yeah, I think it's just a really powerful tool for efficiency. Um, again, I think I am a little like desensitized just because of all the headlines in, in 2023. So cutting through, <laughs> you know uh, what's actually gonna deliver some meaningful output. I just think it's a really great opportunity for efficiency in all of our lives. I try to often like think about my consumer experience and how is my consumer experience changing? And then, you know, how does that impact my relationship with my realtor um, and the efficiency that I'm expecting as a consumer. Um, are realtors responding to that kind of demand for a simpler, more efficient transaction or experience? But honestly, that demand by consumers, to me, that's not a new thing, that they just no. want a simpler you know, transaction. So I think AI is a really powerful tool. I don't think it's going to replace realtors. I don't think it's going to um, displace realtors. I think it's going to displace workload. I think it's going to displace functions and tasks that honestly, we're all doing um, Mm -hmm. in our in our businesses that we can do more efficiently. Um, But big tech, I think, has everybody kind of freaked out. And I have to remind myself, like, not to follow so many of these blogs
1: and whatnot. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, if you use Gmail, when you go to type an email, it'll auto populate with, like, Dear James, right, if I'm saying it, because no. it knows I put like, it's about to technically, get a
2: big upgrade too. Yeah,
1: but technically no. that is a version of AI, right? It's trying right. to predict what I would want. So when you're typing a sentence and it tries to autofill the rest of this, that's AI, right. like it's just going to be more right. It's right. going to be more and more pervasive. I, I think it will end up it'll end up showing up inside of things that we already use mm-hmm. and making that more efficient versus. A wholesale
2: replacement what do you think that um i've always i I've, I've always want to get like deeper on this conversation because what do you think like i go down this road of i find a house i want to write an offer i'm going to have artificial intelligence look at data. i'm just trying to like go down this road for a second it's going to look at the data of the house that's being sold it has no idea what the seller is thinking or what's important to them Mm-hmm. like how to write an offer that might be more of interest to them based upon their own life circumstances. You'd have to talk to a human being to figure that out unless they <laughs> wrote all that down. Right. You, you're still going to write an offer, but you're still going to want to have somebody look at it and be like, do you have any thoughts on this? Like, I mean, I just, I wonder, I hear people talk about this. I think there are things that we could automate more. Yeah. I, 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 maybe I'm off, but I, I feel like the mortgage experience could go further into automation over time. Maybe I'm yeah. off there. Um, I don't
0: I don't I don't disagree. I mean the tangibility of real estate, right, versus like how you're paying for real estate. Like real estate is a tangible thing you touch and you live in. And the human element of you know being part of that transaction, I think that's the the piece there that you know no no consumer necessarily wants to do it in such a kind of you know robotic um yeah. you know fashion.
1: But it's, but Just to take the other side of that for just a sec, since, you know, we're on a podcast and if we all agree, it's way less fun. Um, Couldn't AI, for example, if uh, I were a seller, a seller of someone selling their first home to trade up might have different needs than uh, someone trading down. But there are certain things that you could know, right? If you're an empty nester. Like the, a- the data is out there and the AI mm-hmm. could process that data and then feed. I still think the agent's in the transaction, but to show the power that it could have. Oh, well, you're most likely a trade up buyer doing your first trade up property because I know your age. I know the current property that you're in. Uh, you know, I have access to a tremendous amount of data around you. You might want to consider this loan program or you might want to consider a Mm one-year rate buy down because that's going to ease the transition for you as you move into this higher payment. Whereas for an empty nester, I would have a whole different set of parameters that would be important to me. And I think AI can elucidate those things and then nudge the agent or the client into that conversation, right? And so I see that actually as this opportunity for the entire industry to level up. I, I think we can now uh, more boldly help and provide value in ways that we couldn't before. And it'll be, I, I can't believe I'm going to say it cause I hear it all day, every day, but it'll be AI empowered. Uh, sorry, but, but That's it, really
0: going on the t-shirt.
1: Mean, yeah, it's going on. <laughs> exactly. But the, like, is that, I don't th- see that as replacing, but I do think it's, it becomes highly involved in the process.
0: Yeah. I, I don't disagree at all. I think, um, Everything is an evolution, the consumer yeah. experience, the realtor experience. And it's like this is a really pivotal time to like we got to get on board with something because if we yeah. don't get on board with something, it's, it's going to pass us up. And that's where you that's where you tease the idea of disintermediation and displacement is if you're not willing to, you know, I'd like to think that's kind of where we sit is like, let us, you know, test it a little bit. Let us find the, the best founders who are taking it and doing something with it um but we need that realtor feedback in order to validate that the founders we've chosen and the solutions we're choosing are doing it in a way that that realtors actually would use it with their clients and that the ways that consumers would actually want it too because some of our solutions are consumer facing as well
2: mm uh two questions then keith will wrap us up with the final question are we moving away from ai because i have one more ai question yeah go yeah, okay, yeah, yeah this is
1: a yes or no that's all you can give us yes or no so these things tend to come in hype cycles right yeah i don't know why. Yeah. I'm, uh, too, too much coffee today but these things tend to come in hype cycles right so it was it was bitcoin or crypto mm-hmm. that was going to change the world sort of did for a few folks maybe not coming back we'll see then it was uh Sam the, did well the multiverse yeah yeah from jail uh sorry, the sorry yeah there was this the not multiverse that's marvel i'm thinking comic books, <laughs> but there was the uh meta metaverse thanks we were yeah, all gonna go, go like, like yeah. hang was out. I, I was like, like really yeah, we're we, already we were going all, to the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. we were all gonna go hang out in a fake world together right and that one seems to have not really come to fruition ai has been the most recent hype yep. cycle is yes or no is is this a real hype cycle or is it like
0: the last two? yes um, or an no question. Yeah, that's that's part uh no, I don't think it's a hype cycle. But I would argue that well not argue, um, but I would say we that, argue. like okay. AI has been around for a while. It's just getting the attention now. Mm. So maybe the the hype, the attention part, it may go away. Um, but it, hmm. it's, it wasn't invented in 2023. It's just 2023 decided that way. <laughs> like we like about Celery it. had a year, like yeah. AI yeah. had a year. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the attention is going away and not everybody wants to be obsessed what's with gonna, AI powered.
2: What's the next big hype cycle?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I know what the next big hype cycle is, but the next big category um, to me is uh, age tech. Um, that's one that I feel a little behind on, and I want to get our, our portfolio ahead on. Um, what is, is age
2: it? tech? Like,
0: so age, tech, for tech, old old my age like, I don't
2: know. Yeah. Something for old people tech, like me.
0: Silver tech. It even probably isn't a, uh, there's a category called oh, death silver tech. tech. Um, oh, whoa.
1: I don't want so this that is, one. This is the whole
0: concept two. of um, how we want to age. And for us in real estate, how our consumers want to age, aging in place, home care communities, 55 plus communities, senior living communities, so age tech, um, but it also is solutions like Presidio, how we store all of our information and have to share it um, at different stages of our life when somebody is unavailable, sick, and unable to share that information. But then it, it goes into you know other categories like um, financial planning. There's an overlap with age tech and financial planning. Deaf Tech is about ending your life how you want to end and preparing for that. I know it sounds (laughs) morbid.
1: I mean, I know how I want to end, but I won't share it on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. There's some really
0: interesting, there's a group called, I think a conference called End Well, and the whole concept is technology can help us end well, end the way we want to end and It doesn't have to be this like, unsavory thing to talk about but Whoa. yes it's a little squeamish we should
2: Yuck. we're gonna stop here because i know keith really well and his brain is going into Just very gonna, weird yeah. dark no, places yeah, but right good now good luck
1: good luck with <laughs> age tech because i've seen my dad try to send a text and
2: that shit is comical <laughs> i mean it takes him like 45 minutes to send a sentence <laughs> um all right so uh i have one last question then keith will finish us out on this um, where do you think The real estate industry looks like in 36 months and i'm not necessarily specifying tech just where do you think we will be in 36 months with everything you see and everything that's going on
0: yeah i think with all the challenges that we're facing right now um i see the bar on productivity and professionalism both going up and so whether that's i think that's a combination of you know technology and then other challenges that are happening I think both can can help level each other up. I think as as agents and brokers and teams get more powerful and more efficient with the use of technology, then it does up the bar. And I think that that's, mm. that's actually always been a healthy thing about real estate is, you know, healthy competition. Um, yeah. And so um, I see that continuing to blossom in 36 yeah, months. Been... And I hope that's not, you know, doe-eyed optimism or something. no. And, no. I,
1: cause I've been thinking about with this a, a bit, mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I think usually the industry responds to external forces, right? So like 2008, 2009, those were, you know, you take 2008 to 2011, those were a crazy three, four years, yep. right? Uh, COVID was a crazy couple of years. Right. But it's been external forces. I think that this will be the biggest change that's coming from inside the industry in my 25 years, like this next 36 months. There will be more evolution in the industry than we've had ever from an internal standpoint. So to your whole, like, I agree. The agents and the yep. companies that can really level up are going to capture market share over the next 36 months. For
0: sure. With the that- man from the inside, pressure from the outside. Like let's yeah. make use of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We always end on this. Uh, if you were an agent or a broker, what would you add, change, plug into your business for 2024 so you could succeed?
0: Any reach company product, no, I'm kidding. Yes. I we'll
1: provide a list. <laughs> we'll provide a list of reach yeah. companies in the show notes. Right. Uh, please start at the top and work your way to the last. No, yeah.
0: I'm only kidding. Um, I would say um, find the, the biggest time suck. Find the thing that you are least efficient at um, and attack that because um, this is a time intensive business. So time that you can give back to reinvest in your business, time you can give back to spending with your agents, training your agents, uh, recruiting new agents. I mean, just time is So very precious. So anything, just I I think everybody has to find that weak spot. Um, You know, there's something we're all doing that's that's inefficient, and start there.
2: That's good advice because everybody wastes a hell of a lot of time on stuff. So. um, uh ashley thank you for being here that was awesome really great to, to hear yeah. about what you do and just the success of of the reach program uh i don't know how you do looking at all the companies you do and not like lose your mind i know keith looks at a quarter of probably what you look at he just, yeah. oh why God. we
0: have oh the best God. jobs in in this space i absolutely love it
2: well keep doing that it's helpful yeah. to all of us because for you know companies in the space we look at the stuff you guys are looking at as the sort of gold standard so um we appreciate it so thanks for being here we'll look forward to having you back on the show at some point later so yeah absolutely. thanks so much thanks, thanks again it's our job to say out loud what everybody's only thinking to themselves it's your job to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode